Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We're not doing this, however, without considering the works we're committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. We are continuing our series entitled Friends. We are looking at what it means to be a friend of Jesus. John, the disciple of Jesus, the one who, who claims that he is the one that Jesus loved, and we see throughout the Gospels that he is. He, he sees himself, in a sense, as the best friend of Jesus. You have Peter, James, and John that were always together. And you see this dynamic that takes place. And so John is talking about this. Last week, we talked about how the reason that Jesus came was so that we could have fellowship with him and with the Father through Jesus Christ. That the point of this was to bring this union, this friendship, this connection we talked about how there's only 303 vocabulary words throughout these epistles of John, and one of every three verses in 1 John has to do or has some connection to love. And so love is paramount, not only in all of Scripture, but especially through John's writings and especially in 1 John. And so turn with me to 1 John chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. Part of it's going to be highlighting what we talked about last week. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed and we have seen it and testify to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Again, so that is why Jesus came, that we might have this relationship. We are writing these things so that our, yours, and John's might be complete. And verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk, are walking in darkness, 
we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. We've been invited into the same friendship with Jesus that John had. We have been encouraged to make this connection. But if one in three of the verses throughout this book is about love, wouldn't John start off with God is love? Why does he start off with God is light? And what John is going to do is marry these two metaphors of God light and God love together because they do go hand in hand. And when you think of God as light, what are some of the things that might come to your mind? When I think of a light, there are a few times where light has been really important to me, especially flashlights. I remember I used to be a youth pastor and we would take kids on these retreats up in the mountains. And so we would get these kids. And I remember this one year specifically, this mom came up to me and said, my son, Rudy, he's, you know, 19 and it's a high school retreat, but he really wants to go. Can he go? And we thought, sure. Yeah, why not? Rudy's a little old, but we'll bring him along and it'll be great, you know, for him. He's wanting to get close to God. Rudy didn't want to get close to God. Rudy wanted to get close to the girls. Okay. And so the other leader and I would go out and at night we would make sure that everyone was where they were supposed to be. And it was dark, it was up in the mountains, so we had flashlights. And these weren't just little flashlights. We didn't have the LED lights that we have now, but I had the four battery Magnum flashlight. You guys know what I'm talking about? The one police officers use, you click it and it's, you know, the light is there and it's on. I had one of those and Terry and I would go walking around and we'd be making sure everyone's there. And, you know, we're kind of like feeling like we're the police of the place, you know, go in there checking everyone. Hey, you know, Joey, where are you? I'm here. You know, Joey just wants to be home with his mom, but we're there with the flashlight. Okay. Making sure Joey's here. But where's Rudy? Rudy's nowhere to be found. That's not good. And so we go looking, and sure enough, we find Rudy off with one of the girls, you know, trying to get close to the girl. And it's our job not only to make sure these kids hear about Jesus, but make sure none of them come home pregnant, right? Okay. <laughs> and I'm just telling you what's going through our mind. And so, hey, Rudy, what are you doing here? You know, you got to get in there and this girl tell her to get back in the cabin. And we're like, man, that guy, what's going on? And so we make another patrol. Rudy's gone again. Find Rudy again. It's another girl. And now we got two girls crying because they both thought they were so special to Rudy. Rudy didn't care, right? <laughs> and so it was our job this weekend to keep tabs on Rudy. And all the other kids. And so, man, that flashlight came in handy, especially in the mountains. We're just, okay, you know, it was like a restless weekend. And then one time, it was at night, you know, it's like two in the morning or something. And Terry and I are like taking turns trying to fall asleep. And all of a sudden, we hear this scream. 
this girl's just blood-curdling scream. So we go running out there with our flashlights. And the way this camp was set up is they had the cabins, the girls' cabin, the boys' cabins. They had a bathroom in between. You had to go to the bathroom to, you know, shower to use the restroom. Well, she got up to use the restroom. And as she was going to the restroom, she saw someone with a hockey mask on, like the Jason. And so Terry and I are like, what? You know, <laughs> you know, we got this going in our mind. We got Jason's out here. You know, he's going to kill someone. And so Terry and I are with our flashlights and we're, we're shining. And all of a sudden we hear this rustling. And I hear this rustling in the bushes and it's coming towards us. And we're like just freaking out. I'm like shining my light. I'm like, Who's there? Who's there? We're just in there. And this little kitten runs up to us, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? We later found out that one of the guys who worked at the camp went to shave and forgot his razor, came out with his shaving cream all over his face. <laughs> She thought it was a hockey mask. We, we thought we had a serial killer on our hands. What's the point of all this? It's, the, a light helps us to see what's not, what we can't see. It, it illuminates the situation. It reveals what's there that maybe we were unaware of. And so here John starts off and he tells us that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. So God is a light. He reveals. He shines that light. He exposes. And he's perfect. So God is a light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And you see, as John is introducing us to his best friend, he wants us to know what his best friend is like. He wants us to know who Jesus is, because unless you know who he is, how do you give yourself to someone without knowing them? It's when you get to know them that you're more comfortable to be able to give yourself to that person because now you know a little bit about them. I was talking with my daughter the other day and she's dating someone right now. That's always hard, you know, when your kids are like dating people. And she was talking about how there's such a difference between the person she's dating now to a person she was dating a few years ago. As my niece got married yesterday, my daughter and her boyfriend got to go to the engagement dinner. And when her previous boyfriend went to another engagement dinner for a wedding that she was in, he was like, why do I have to go? I don't know anyone there. I don't care about these people. And she's like, well, it's my best friend. Can't you go? He's like, okay, I'll go. And then he was just pouting the whole time because he didn't know anyone there and he was having a miserable time. And so she asks the new boyfriend, hey, I've got this. Do you want to go? He goes, well, I have tickets to a Dodger game, but if it's important to you, yes, I'll go. I know, right? It's like, okay, check. Okay, you you pass that test, but you're not through yet, buddy. Okay, Uh, there is this understanding, wow, he actually cared about me. And what that did for her is make her feel more comfortable that this person is someone who does actually care. And what John is doing here is he's helping us to understand what his friend is like. So he uses this metaphor of light. 
that Jesus is pure, that Jesus is morally right, that everything about him is perfect without fault and is right. He is light. There is no darkness at all in him. That Jesus has these things, that this description of who Jesus is is also how he acts. Because God always acts in a way that's consistent with his character. And so the person that John knows, his best friend, he is revealing him as light. You see, and he's saying, you can trust this light. That this light is going to reveal what is right. It's not going to manipulate. It's not destructive. It's not abusive. That you can put your confidence in this light. And it's interesting that John is going to push hard that God is love and going to marry these ideas, but he first has to establish that God is light because for us to be able to wholeheartedly trust love, we need to know that in it is no darkness at all. Because otherwise... Maybe in our own experience, when you open your heart, you've been wounded. When you open your heart, it's been broken. Maybe there's been a Rudy in your life. Or an ex-boyfriend. Or something or someone that has hurt you. So it becomes difficult to trust love. It becomes difficult to open our heart. And... What John is really helping us to see, not only does God illuminate the the path before us, but he also reveals the truth in us. You see, when he says that God is light, and I remember shining that light, and then Rudy was there like a deer in the headlights, like, oh, you know, there I've caught you, buddy. And it's, okay, I've been seen. Okay, the jig is up. I've got to, I've got to, get back to my cabin. I've got to do things right. The idea that God exposes us isn't a comfortable idea. I don't know about you guys, but the God, that God would know you. I mean, really know you. I mean, everything about you. Your motives, the things that you don't tell people because you don't want them to know. God knows. You see, the light shines in those dark areas of our heart. It it exposes all those things. And what John is wanting us to know is that even though he sees and knows you completely, he still loves you. And that is amazing. Because we don't want to open up and let everyone know all about us. When you're dating... You don't go out there and say, by the way, I just want you to see me in all my splendor, right? Let me tell you about all my hangups. I play Pokemon Go all the time. I am involved with whatever it is. I drink too much. I, you know, I cuss. I have a short temper. You don't say those things. You don't do those things. You're on your best behavior. You're the best liar in the world when you're first dating. You're presenting yourself as this great person. You're, you're Don Juan. You're, you're just so caring and loving. And, and it just, because you want to pre- present yourself in such a way that they'll accept you. 
And then when someone actually sees you, the fear is, what will they do? Will they reject me? And that's why love is so difficult, why it takes so much time. Because over the years, those areas get chiseled away and we start to be seen. And now we have to deal with the real us. My wife thought she was getting a catch when she got me. And there was no catch and release, though. She was stuck with me. And over the years, the things that she started to see that were revealed in me weren't the best things, weren't the prettiest things. But love pursued even through those things. And John is giving us this picture. He he is helping us to see that Jesus loves us completely. Who else loves us like this? He loves consistently. He loves completely. His intentions are always selfless, always selfless, always pure, always has our best interest in mind and yet sees every game we play and knows every secret we have. God is light. He shines. And his desire is to illuminate himself to us and to illuminate ourselves so that we can see who we really are. Notice in verse 6, he says, If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. John is going to present two beliefs here that he's going to show that are inaccurate. They were things that were taking place at his time, and they're things that are taking place at our time as well. He's helping us to see that If you say you're friends with Jesus, you have fellowship with him. If you say this is your best friend, but you're walking in darkness, then you lie and you're not doing what's true. We're only six verses in and he's calling us liars, okay? Because this is old man John, the end of his life, telling it like it is, shooting straight, saying, this is too important to mince words. I want you to know if you're saying that you're in fellowship with the light, but you're walking in darkness, it doesn't work. It doesn't jive. It's not consistent. This idea of walking was a Jewish idiom. It meant you are pursuing. It's not just something you did. It's a lifestyle that you're living. If you're walking in darkness, if this is your pattern, if this is your habit, if this is who you are, then there is a disconnect between who you are and who Jesus, your friend, is. And it's not consistent. It doesn't work. You see, Jesus was a friend of sinners, but not all sinners were friends with Jesus. Not everyone wanted to continue hanging out with Jesus because he was revealing what God wanted of us. And it's more than we usually want of ourselves. And so he's trying to pull us up, and some people don't want to change. John is saying, if you're acting like this, and you're claiming to be friends with my best friend, I'm calling you out, because my Jesus didn't roll like that. He didn't allow that 
to go unchecked. And so you can't say, me and Jesus, we're buddies. He's a friend of sinners, I'm a sinner, it's okay. And you continue living a life that's in darkness. You continue living a life that you know is against what God wants and his heart is, then you're not really friends. Oh, you know about him, but you're not friends. It's like the person who meets a celebrity and says hi to them at Starbucks and says, oh yeah, I'm friends with Johnny Depp. Yeah, I know what kind of coffee he drinks. And that's all you know. Oh, I'm friends with Jesus, really? You don't look or act anything like him. You know, he, he hung out with me. I know him. I put my head on his chest. I heard his heartbeat. I, I felt his beard. I, I woke him up. I was woken up by him. I heard his voice. I know him. And he didn't look like that. So John calls out right away. If you're saying you're his friend, but you're walking in darkness, you're lying. But he, he doesn't just leave us hanging there. Verse seven, he goes on, he goes, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with who? With one another. Notice that. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship Wrong one. Get back there. Whoop. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Wouldn't we have fellowship with God? You see, when you walk in the light, you connect to the people who are walking with you. See, the people who don't want to walk with Jesus, who don't want to yield their lives to Jesus. They also don't want to walk with other people who are walking with Jesus. Why? Because it exposes them. And so they isolate themselves. I don't need to go to church. Well, yeah, you don't need to, but it's good if you do. Well, I don't need to go on that Mexico trip or I don't need to go to that connection. So I don't need to go to this. No, I don't want to go. Why? Because if I go there and you start to know who I am, it's going to come up and then I'm going to be found out and I don't want that to happen. So I'd rather just stay isolated. And we see that happening so many times when someone doesn't want to connect with people. Usually it's because they don't want people to know them. There's something going on inside them that they're afraid of, that they, they want to keep down low. And so they don't recognize that walking in the light actually connects us to one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Then there's the other claim. Verse eight, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. These are people, I know the Bible. I know what it says. Are you having problems at home? No, I don't have any problems. Wife and I are great. I don't need counseling. <laughs> what do I need counseling? I know the Bible. Well, I heard you cussing at the kids on the way to Yeah, that's none of your business, you know. We're fine. We're fine. I don't need to. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And they're a wreck. You see, but they want the appearance of being good. They want to look like I'm good. They don't want to admit, man, I'm a mess. My life is in in shambles. They just want to say, no, I look good. I'm good. We're good. We're good. Hey, you're good. I'm good. And it's not true. But they want it to be, appeared to be that way. They want people to think that they're them. I don't need that. You need counseling. I don't need counseling. And John's saying, 
that's not true. I've heard a number of people say, people like N.T. Wright, Richard Rohr, other pastors, that the best thing that has come out of the American church is the 12-step program. The first step in Celebrate Recovery is realize I'm not God. I admit that I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. I need help. Blessed are the poor in spirit. See, that's an important confession. That's an important foundation. The second one is earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him, and that he has the power to help me recover. See, if you have this place where you confess, where you acknowledge, where you see are illuminated to the things that are in your life or those things are illuminated to you, then you can actually move forward. But if you turn a blind eye to it, remain in the darkness, then his truth isn't in you. And notice in verse 9, First verse 7 says, the result of turning towards Jesus is we have fellowship with one another. Then when we continue in this way, notice in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So in both cases, once you come up and say, this is who I am, this is the truth, God doesn't say, oh, no, his light knew it already. All he does is say, well, then we can bring you to healing. And the word confess means to be in agreement. When we confess our sins, it doesn't mean, God, I did this. And if you don't confess each and every sin, then who knows if you'll make it to heaven. Oh, I forgot that time that I yelled at the guy across the street or whatever it is. No, are you in agreement with what God wants of you? Because if you're not, then there's a disconnect. And the light is meant to expose us, but it's meant to expose us so that we can have this fellowship, so that we can have this friendship with the God who knows already and who loves us completely. You see, God doesn't want to expose these things to shame you. He wants to expose these things to heal you. Do you want healing or do you want to remain in darkness? Because the light needs to reveal these things in us. See, legalism is that if I do what is right... If I walk the line, if I'm faithful, then I'm forgiven. But that's not the way John says it. What he says is if you will just see things how they really are, be in agreement with God, if you will let God illuminate the darkness and the brokenness in your own soul, if you will admit that you are like everyone else and in deep and desperate need, then he is faithful. Not about you being faithful. It's that he is faithful and he is just. Verse 7 says, all sin. Verse 9 says, all unrighteousness. And I think that just about covers it. All the problems we have in our life, God wants to illuminate and he wants to reveal his love and his goodness to step into that place. Turn with me to John chapter 3 verse 16, as we're getting ready to close. 
See, John is writing that God is light because he heard Jesus say this. He's writing this because this is what he heard. That's why in chapter one, he says, in him is light and is the light of all mankind. And these verses you're familiar with, John chapter three, verse 16 through 21, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. I like J.B. Phillips' translation of verse 21. It says, but anyone who is living by the truth will come to the light to make it plain that all he has done has been done through God. So it's not that you're getting it all together. It's that God has expose the things, and now God is doing the healing. You see, the reason we hate the light is because we like the things that we're doing. The reason Rudy didn't want us coming with the flashlight is because he wanted to hook up with these girls. And our light exposed that, and it it made him have to deal with it. And we're the same way. When something happens in our life and we see that, you know what? You've been kind of a jerk towards your kids or towards your husband or towards your wife. You've been acting very judgmental or very uncompassionate towards them. And this light is exposing there. Well, I don't want to stop because they are a jerk. Because they did hurt me. Because this is how I want to respond to them because I've been wounded by them and so I'm going to do this and then the light exposes and I don't want to see that so I just will ignore that because I want to stay in the darkness. Or I don't want to stop doing this because this is the only thing I get to really enjoy. You know, I've grown up in the church and I can't do anything fun so I just have this one sin that I want to hold on to because it's all I have because I don't believe that God can actually satisfy my life like this sin does and so I don't want it to be illuminated. I want to hold on to this because I don't really trust that he is good, that he is able to forgive. God, you're telling me that you want to expose this so that I could be better than I am, but I need this. It's so much a part of my life right now. And God is wanting to you expose it and reveal that he has something more for you. And it's so hard to let go of things that have been a part of our life with the trust that God might be able to provide something more, something better, something that is actually good and healthy for us, something that will take us to a better place and not leave us in bondage to these things that we hold on to. And so we don't want to let go. We're afraid that God will take away those things. And John is saying that it's not the Jesus I know. See, my best friend, Jesus, he will cleanse you. He will forgive you. 
He will restore you. He will not let you down. He can bring a fullness to your life. He can bring a purpose to your life. He can bring healing to your life. He's amazing. He's perfect. In him, there is no darkness at all. See, friends change us. You hang out with someone and pretty soon you start picking up some of those things that they do. Maybe they're phrases that they say. Maybe it's music that they listen to. Maybe it's the movies that they watch or they see. And John is saying, you see, it's all about this relationship. It's not a list of you have to do or not do these things. It's about being in fellowship with Jesus. And he is light. In him is no darkness at all. And his light is going to expose. It's going to reveal. And it's going to illuminate what is good for you. And he can be trusted. In him is no darkness at all. This is my friend. This is who I want you to know. If you love the darkness, you'll stay away from him. But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, then we can be together on this journey. And his blood, his very blood, that's how much he is vested in it, will forgive you. And if you will be in agreement with him, and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You don't have to pretend. It's not a facade. It's a friendship with the God who loves you. Can Jesus do all this? Yes. He can. And we want to allow him to do this in our lives. And I don't know where your background has brought you, and I don't know if you've been churched or not churched, and I don't know if you've come up in church in a legalistic belief or believe that Jesus is all about controlling you and making you do things and not do things, but it really is about this friendship that can change who we are. He doesn't want us to pretend. He doesn't want us to put on a show. He wants us in our brokenness. He wants us to see where we are and he wants us to see where he is so that he can bring that healing to us. What I want to do this morning is I want to give time for Jesus to bring that healing maybe to you. I'm going to have Randy come up. And we're going to sing a couple of songs and I pray that as we worship him, that this will be who we worship. The Jesus who illuminates and the Jesus who reveals himself to us, that we will take the time to respond to maybe the things that he's ministered to your heart. Maybe there's an area in your life where you just know this isn't right. I know it's not right and I've just been hiding and I've been hiding and the light is shining and that spotlight is just shining on this area and I have to confess it. It's not right, but I don't want to let it go. God, this is where I'm at. I want you to see who he is, that you can't let it go, that he will give you more, not less.
that you can trust him, that he cares for you. So as we sing, I pray that our hearts would be moved to be honest, not only with God, but with ourselves. Father, may we recognize your holiness that does surround us. Father, may we step into that light that reveals and illuminates. May we step deeper into this friendship that we have been invited to, Lord, that is meant to change our very lives. Father, may we confess our sin to you. May we be in agreement. Lord, may we acknowledge the areas where we are broken and where we need help the areas where we don't want to let go and we know we need to, the the places where maybe we've held back from you for fear, whatever reasons, and allow you to bring healing, wholeness, and a deeper relationship with you. Let's stand together as we sing one more song. You have been invited to be friends with Jesus. He wants you to be close, and he only reveals his heart to his friends. May you draw near to the God who has drawn near to you. May you allow his light to reveal and expose all that is in you, and may you walk closer with him today than you did yesterday. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.